Hello and welcome to the Living Imperfectly podcast with me, your host, Claire. You're listening to the podcast that provides you with real honest discussions on how embracing imperfection can be a helpful approach to improving our relationship with food, body image, exercise and navigating through our messy lives in general. So let's get started. Today's episode, I am joined by a lovely guest, Stu from S25 Coaching. We are going to be chatting about all things around the all or nothing mindset. So I'm going to pass it over to you, Stu, to introduce yourself and let our lovely listeners know a bit about you. Yeah, I'm Stu. Nice to meet you all. I'm an online coach. I focus a lot around mindset. I'm also one of James Smith's academy coaches, uh, working there quite a few days a week and answering messages. Um, I've been in the industry for only a little while, realistically, but I've been in health and fitness and sports and coaching uh, for a lot longer. Started out as a coach for karate and then transitioned to training the gym and then became an online coach, quit my job, and here I am today. Amazing. And I'm so grateful that you have taken the time to come on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, So I think we'll just get to the nitty gritty. I think probably first, actually, is probably to say the time difference that we have going on here. Where are you based? Where are you based? I'm in New Zealand. I'm in New Zealand. So I used to live in the UK. I used to be from the Lake District, um, but decided, you know what, maybe there's something else out there. Maybe there's something to go and see. Wanted to travel the world a little bit. So I moved to Gibraltar and lived there for a year. And then just recently, like sort of October last year, moved to New Zealand. I've got a one-year visa here. And then we're going to leave again and go and explore somewhere else. So a little bit of a little bit of a traveller. What a life. What a life. I love it. It's not all it's not all it's cracked up to be, let me tell you. Let me tell the hassle of moving and visas and oh, <laughs> it's an absolute pain in the backside. It's an absolute nightmare. Do you know what? Actually, when I think about the practicalities of it, yeah. But it, you know, if, there's pros and cons to everything, isn't there? Right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. There's huge positives to doing it. Of course, there has been. I've got to experience new cultures. The negative is you're lugging your life halfway across the world over multiple flights and trains, and um, so yeah, it, it's been an adventure. I'll give it that, and I'll continue to to do that. I'll continue to travel and explore and see what's out there. I love that. Love it. I love an adventure. Okay, so let's get down to the nitty gritty, the all or nothing mindset. How does this show up for us? Yeah, I think this is something that I see a lot in a lot of aspects as well, not just necessarily like health and fitness or dieting. Um, I think you can see this across the board and it's this sort of very very distinct style of thinking it sort of says in itself you know like all or nothing but you can see this from an element of people create like these sort of rules that I'm either dieting or I'm not so they're either on the wagon off the wagon is some common terminology that gets thrown about and I'm not a huge fan of that kind of language for the reason that it does sort of emphasize this all or nothing style of thinking and you know the on the wagon off the wagon on track off track on plan off plan it all encourages this binary style of thinking that is I am either working towards a goal or I am not. And you can see this in, um, like I say, it could be in in things like career. You know, people go all in on something. They go from zero to 100 and then they can't maintain the level that they've set themselves and then it comes tumbling back down. And it's not a case of they just turn the intensity down. They just switch it off and quit. So we this, this happens a lot in in diet and when approaches are quite restrictive or potentially someone's tried to go way too hard way too soon you know that that i'm going to start training five times a week um they currently don't go to the gym but i'm going to start training five times a week i'm going to go on three runs a week i'm going to cut my calories i'm going to cut out all these foods and and you hear all of this sort of um this sort of thinking it's like can you actually maintain that and the chances are they can't and then when they don't they feel like a failure because they're like, I have met my own expectations. And then that tumbles them back down towards that sort of um, that off the wagon 
sort of um, part of the cycle. And then it's really hard to get started again because you're right back down at zero. You've lost all of that momentum that you had built up. Oh, yeah. No, totally. And I think sometimes we're, you know, we're always looking to kind of build evidence that we can do things. And I think that really slips us up, doesn't it? Because well, you've just given yourself evidence that you can't do this really like crazy expectations that you've set yourself when you can do these things but it's you've maybe just gone about it like like you say you've gone like full pelt like from zero to not even a hundred <laughs> like add on a couple of zeros at the end <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's um it's that's really like challenging and it's hard on the mind you know to like you say to start again after that that's really yeah, hard I, right I, absolutely like it, it can be a real big blow and I think when especially with the kind of people that I work with that have been potentially your your dieting for quite some time or they've struggled to maintain the results that it can feel in that moment like I don't even believe that this is possible for me anymore because they've tried so many times and the chances are that the approaches that they were taking maybe just weren't the right one for them or they were being impacted by things like um, like fad diets or maybe they needed a little bit of support around mindset or needed some foundations put in first. You know, we see this a lot where people try and rush the process and start building the skyscraper without any foundations. And we want to spend the time building deep and wide so that we can build an absolutely enormous skyscraper on top. But unless you put that foundational work in, then it can come tumbling down quite easily. Um, but this this sort of this all or nothing mindset, when you're coming crashing back down to nothing again and you feel like you failed and you feel like, oh, actually, like I don't even know if this is possible anymore. Like every single time that I try, it just doesn't work out. And this really binary style of thinking can keep people stuck in that trap. And then when they do muster up the courage to be like, right, I'm ready to make a change again, which is really tough. And I think so many people underestimate how hard that is yeah. to have come tumbling down and then put yourself into a position to be willing to try again. Like that takes some great courage. So for these people, it's like, you know, we need to appreciate that and celebrate that for a start. But we also want to try and break away from this idea that you're either pursuing your goals or not. And we do this by moving away from that, like on or off start, like you're adjusting intensities. And, you know, like this is, I use this dial analogy all the time. And if you had a set of speakers and you've got loads of different dials that are just the output of the speakers and you can turn all the dials down, but you get no output. And if you turn all the dials to absolute max, you blow your speakers, the speaker system doesn't work. So what we need to do is find a way that we can adjust the dials so that the output is of the desired amount that we want. And that's basically like moving towards your goals. And each dial represents a different area of your life. So one might be career, it might be family, it might be kids, it might be your fat loss goal, it might be health, it might be the gym. And there's going to be times where we need to turn some of those dials down to allow for the dials to be turned up. So if you've got a lot going on at work, if you've got a new project coming up and it's like, oh, this is going to be an intense six weeks push to get this project released, then maybe the focus of dieting gets turned down because that's just adding extra stress that we don't need. So the career can be turned up for a small period of time. And that doesn't mean that you aren't no longer dieting. It just means that it might not be as much of a focus or you might have turned the intensity of the diet down a little bit and you just maintain health. And, you know, as you learn to adjust these dials and all of these things are on like sliding scales or, or adjustments, they're not this on or off that we think that they are. And when we can move away from that and start to think, right, what what do I need to pull back on a little bit to allow intensity to push up? Then it can make handling things like work projects, even social occasions and holidays, much easier because you're no longer dieting for the holiday and then having a blowout on the holiday and then coming back feeling like absolute pants. Yeah. You know, when you come when you're on the holiday, you're adjusting the dials, the focus of dieting turns down, the focus on health may remain the same, but your focus on social like connections and social quality turns up because you're on holiday. Relax the relaxation might turn up. You might not want to do as much. 
but you still want that health dial in there because at the end of the day, that's the goal. That's the thing that everyone wants. Whether we want to admit that or not right now is a different matter. Adding years onto our life is a, is a, is a huge bonus. Oh, totally. I love that analogy. Like I use, I say that as well, like the dial up, dial down, not this dramatic, like on off, like, like life is going to like, it's like what you say, like, it's going to be like that. We're going to have periods of time and where things are more intense in other areas of our lives. And like, sometimes like there's periods in time where diet is like, really, is that really like, do you really want to put yourself through that right now? Like you've got all these, like, like you say, these intense like projects or something and you're like your mind, your headspace is like somewhere else. But I love that you say that, like, it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to just completely give up on everything. It's just that intensity. I love that. I, I love that. And I think some people, do you like think it's, it's because we I mean diet culture like this expectations that these things are going to be fast and like easy and you just need to do this and that's just it definitely does play a part in it um but how do we how do you unpack all of that because it's easy to say for us to say like just dial it down just dial it back but when there's a lot of trust that's got to be built isn't there yeah absolutely and when we look at all or nothing is like something that i've been saying a lot more recently is we want to create more space between all and nothing so when you first start out on a on a on any sort of journey where maybe you could be caught up by this all or nothing style of thinking you the all and the nothing are very close together it's very easy to transition from one to the other. It's easy to quote unquote fall off the wagon. Um, you don't fall off the wagon. You choose to step off the wagon, by the way, but that's a slightly different topic. Um, oh, I love it. I'm here for it. That, 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 different, that difference between the two, we want to pad that out. Mm-hmm. We want to try and make some gap between all or nothing. We want to use different tactics and techniques and tools and strategies to pad that out so that the chances that you go from all all the way to nothing is a lot less so you know and this is something i talk about a lot as well is that it all starts with awareness so unless you are able to spot the triggers or the things that are causing you to feel like you've failed or you've made a mistake or you know even when we look at things like emotional and stress eating they are completely normal responses to situations the problem arises when they're their only coping mechanism that we've got so for some people, they can emotionally eat and it's not an issue. And for other people, it feels like the world's ending. So when they emotionally eat, they then feel like a failure. And that creates that moment where it's very easy to go all the way back down to nothing. Well, well now I've failed. And that can be one of the, the, the things that can fit in there, you know, a feeling of failure, feeling like we're not making progress. But the reality is that what we deem as failure is usually completely different to what everyone else deems as failure anyway. And we need to try and reframe that as this was just an opportunity to get better. It was an opportunity to grow. And, you know, none of these things are going to be quick fixes. And that's the annoying thing for people as well. Because when we start talking about, you know, we want to make this change, we want to make a sustainable change that you can actually maintain at the other side, which is the goal anyway. If you haven't done any of this work, if you haven't done any of the internal work, if you haven't built some awareness around, you know, what triggers you, the emotions that you're feeling at the time, um, it being able to express yourself in a way, maybe having that mindfulness practice or a reflective writing practice or something that allows you to get that out, then you're going to keep hitting the same stumbling blocks. And this fits into these foundations that I was talking about earlier, you know, building these tools, doing some of the inner work, you know, refining how we, even the language that we use, like I've mentioned already, like falling off the wagon, you don't fall off. You've actively made a decision to step off. There was no point where someone pushed you or it was an accident. It wasn't. You made a choice. And that choice that you made didn't align with your goal. And then you've chose to beat yourself up over that decision. And now you're off the wagon. But even using language like on or off the wagon, it intensifies the way that we feel. So like, oh, I'm off plan. 
And when people say, oh, I'm having a day off plan, in their heads, that automatically means, well, now I can go absolutely ham. And we never need to have a full day off. Like the chances are for most people, if you're going out for a meal on a Saturday night, I say this a lot with um, a lot of people that I speak to, and that is, I'm going out for a meal on Saturday night, so I'm just taking the full day. And you say, well, do you need the full day? Or is it a case of, is that that all or nothing mindset creeping in again? Where you think that one meal, I am not dieting. So now the whole day is a day of not dieting. And then all of a sudden the weekend is a weekend of not dieting. And then you're starting again on Monday. Yeah. And that's, and I mean, that leads into like the over the overeat um, binge cycle like because then you're going to try to make up and then that's that's miserable um you know like to try and like deprive yourself of pretty much living on air just to make up for the weekend and then you're like get to the next weekend and here we go again um yeah you're spot on it is about coming to that place of owning that choice and saying like I'm choosing to do this and I'm choosing also to not do something as well like we do need to take some ownership and like say like actively I want to do this so I'm gonna have to make some choices here um and it's I like to think of it as like it it, in a way it's kind of like reparenting yourself like you're kind of like thinking about it like that like you know I wouldn't say to like my girls, oh well, it's you know it's weekend, so you know, like, woo, yeah. <laughs> yeah, live no, on. No, absolutely. <laughs> we would just and, like you know you have like something and then you you move on, but it it's it does take like you say it takes the groundwork to rebuild that because we're talking about potentially if you've been yo-yo dieting for like 10, 20 plus years it's a lot of unpacking those instant gut reaction. You're, it's yeah. an autom- automatic reaction to say, well, oh, well, Friday's here. Um, and also as well, like your your childhood, your upbringing as well. Like, you know, if that's how your childhood was, that the weekend was like that or the language that was used in your childhood, like, yeah, huge, you know, for me, I remember like Friday nights, guarantee, chipper, and I got to eat. I got to eat chocolate if I'd been good all week. Now huh, there's a lot of unpacking to be done there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is like you know, not that there was any harm. Like you know, it's not that you can't have certain things on certain days, but it's just the language. It's like what you say. It's the language that we're using that we're tying to these foods that we're thinking if I eat those foods, that's me all out. And if I eat these types of foods, I'm all in. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that good and bad food levels fit right in perfectly because the good and bad foods, healthy, unhealthy, clean, dirty, take your pick of any label that you want to choose that we oh. associate with the food. But if that label that you associate with the food and when you eat that food causes that feeling of guilt afterwards, then you instantly open yourself up to come tumbling back down from all to nothing all over again. And it's this is where this all or nothing, and I was mentioning earlier about creating that space and adding in the tools and techniques and relationship with food fits in there. Yeah. Because if your relationship with food isn't in a great place and every time you eat something, you feel mega guilty, and you feel that you need to compensate or you feel like you've failed on your diet. It's just going to encourage this this style of thinking. And that is, I'm going from all to nothing. And you can really get stuck in this. And I'm, like, I, I'm exactly the same. Like I've been an all or nothing person and I still have all or nothing thoughts. Mm-hmm. But just I just react to them differently to what I would previously. Like I was the type of person that would go all in. And I'd be like, right, that's it, burn the bridges, like I'm done, like I'm going all in. And then I wouldn't be able to maintain the level of pace that I'd set out at the start. And the only difference is now I'd create that that space. And, and you mentioned it there, you know, when you were saying about um, reacting, we want to create space between reaction and response. 
So rather than act, reacting from like an emotional standpoint where it's quite heavily emotionally driven, we want to try and create enough space so that we can check in with ourselves and create that uh, response that is wise, that is thought out, that is intentional, that is informed. And that can be the difference between a situation going in alignment with your goals and a situation not in alignment with your goals. And again, you know, we've just said they're in alignment with your goals and not not in alignment with your goals isn't inherently quote-unquote bad. Do you know what I mean? There's times where I actively make decisions to not act in line with my goals, but it all fits into that intentionality. What is the intention behind the choice that you are making here? So like we, we've spoke about social occasions. So like if you're going out for a meal, what is the intention behind that meal? If the intention is, well, I'm just meeting up with friends for a quick catch-up, and like I saw them last week and it's fine. I see them all the time. Then you might make in that situation a slightly different set of choices than what you would if it was your wedding day. Do you know what I mean? Like we've got to look at what the intention is behind the, the like, so if someone came to me and said, oh, it's my birthday. Like, yeah, have an amazing time. Like, great. Or this is the third time that I'm eating out this week. Maybe we need to make some different choices. Maybe we need to be a lot more intentional about the choices that we're making so that they do align with our goals and also that they are health-seeking. Yeah. And it's coming back, I think, as well to, like, your core values as well, like, what is, like, really, truly important to you. Um, I I like the choice point, like, model because it's it kind of really gets you to add that pause in to make that choice to say I choose to do this or I choose not to I'm yeah same as you like I choose not to do things that are like I I choose to not do a training session or I choose not to um eat a mindful meal sometimes or uh make my protein isn't a hundred percent like spot on uh it's never perfect I think yeah, no, no. there's a this that, illusion. That's, a, but... that's, another one, that's another one of those things that catch people out in the all and off mindset all the time. They aim for perfection. Yeah. As if it's even achievable. Like perfection is, if you're striving for perfection, you're always going to be disappointed is what, how I see it because it's just an illusion. I mean, hence the name of the podcast. It's like, it, yeah, yeah. you know, it it's something you'll always feel disappointed or not good enough or you're failing because you know you've got this perception like I don't know like some some my clients I think I have to remind them all all the time that my diet's not quote-unquote perfect all of the yeah, time yeah, absolutely. but it is pretty consistent um and like you say when I'm going out for you know my wedding there's no way that I'm not going to have you know all of the food and all of the drink. All of the food and all of the drink. All yeah. of it. Take a lot. That's what it's about. Yeah. Take it's like... three course meal, hog roast. I'm there. I'm, I'm in it. I'm, I'm there. I'm on the spit with the hog. <laughs> and then afterwards, I'm looking for something to eat before I've got my bed. I mean, that is just not the things that I would normally do on my day to day. But, no. you know, it's my wedding. It's one day, like, that I'm the only time I'm ever going to do it. So it is thinking about that, but it is it is about owning those choices that we make. Yeah. Um yeah. I do like I like that idea. I like what you were saying about like really thinking about it. Like you're so especially social situations because we are out a lot more now, right? We're we like yeah. to go out for coffee and you know there's a cake or there's go out for lunch or go out for dinner and you know it's great to have social connection. We don't want you to not have that social connection. How do we get this, you know, balance? And I think I like what you say there. It is about thinking about the actual situation, the actual occasion, or the reason for meeting up. Um, yeah. Like that. What, what do you want to get from it? What yeah. do you want to get from this? From this? This event, whatever that may be, and you know, for for some people, that's going to be different, and there's going to be it's going to depend who you meet. And yeah. this is why I think it, it's so hard for people because. It's on you to make that choice. Like there's no one else that can make that choice for you because no one else is lives your values. No one else lives your life. No one has the experience that you've had. 
your entire life up until this point is unique to you. So this is where, like, obviously the same with yourself, you know, this is where questions are so powerful to ask yourself, like, what do I want from this social occasion? Because only you can answer that in a way that aligns with the life that you live. And then out the back of that, you might be, well, actually, I'm not getting anything from this social occasion. Like, there's, there's no benefit to me going. Like, oh, well, do you really need to go? And then there's other times where it's going to be like, well, I'm just meeting up for a friend. So do you need to go out for a big boozy lunch? Or can you just go for a coffee and a walk? And all of a sudden, you're opening up the opportunities that you've got because you're actually working out what you want from the... And, it, you know, like, you can have amazing social connections without food being involved, but you can also have amazing social connections with food involved. So, like, I love eating out. Like, I love going out for meals. And I do that quite regularly. But I'm intentional about my choices when I go. And I look and go, well, I've already eaten out quite recently. So maybe I just need to go a little bit lighter this time. Actually, this is just like a brunch. That's just like a normal brunch. Like, I'm just going out for a quick bite to eat. Like, oh, I'll, I'll get that instead. Because that aligns with my goals, my choices, and my health more than what I would maybe have got normally. Yeah. No. Totally. I love that. And... I do think that probably leads into like also people pleasing as well because like if you're out socially or like if you've gone around to somebody's house and they've maybe like cooked a meal and you feel like this intense pressure um, and it's about and I do think that's where like the unpacking and the adding and the pausing and the mindfulness stuff comes because you start to realize like the areas that maybe like hold you back um and sometimes that is people pleasing um like eating food to please others or like also that fear as well of being judged for wanting to lose weight or yeah. like just that being around like oh you don't you don't need to lose weight or oh yeah you're on a diet you're off a diet that kind of getting into that lingo um yeah like do you feel um that that all kind of links in together yeah like the, this is it's a really complicated like spiders web yeah and every little bit of the spiders web's got but they all connect so like what you've mentioned there about um people pleasing i'm a people pleaser i can call myself out on that i am absolutely a people pleaser and there's a lot of when you're trying to say no to someone it becomes really hard because you've got this fear of rejection like, well, I don't want them to think less of me. I don't want them to think that I'm weird or that they don't now no longer want to be friends with me. And you get these irrational thoughts. Like, they can get really intense. But if you haven't got the mindfulness to be able to spot that and create that pause and challenge those thoughts to be like, is this actually logical? Then you might start to struggle. So realistically, at the centre of that web is self-awareness. Being able to create that space and be like, right, what's going on here? But then things like boundaries, things like being able to take a look at yourself and say, right, actually, I like I can acknowledge I'm a people pleaser. So and, and this is, again, right there. I am. Mm. That's a really powerful statement that realistically we, we shouldn't use. So, again, there's your idea of perfection. You know, like I'm not perfect. Like I've just said I am a people pleaser where realistically I should have said I've got the traits of a people pleaser. Because it creates that disconnection between it creates that space even between you and your identity. Do you know, so even in senses like that, like we're all on this road together, like it doesn't end. And I think we can get into our heads that there's going to be a point where it's just all going to be hunky-dory and it's like rainbows and butterflies and life's <laughs> golden. And we're, do you know, that ain't life. No, and it, it doesn't end until it ends. <laughs> it just doesn't end. It just doesn't, that's the most exciting bit. Mm -hmm. there's, we, we see this, this idea of like achieving a goal and it's called the arrival fallacy. And it's where, when we get there, we think that it's going to solve all our problems. So often when people reach goals, they're a bit disappointed or they're a bit underwhelmed potentially. And one of the best things that you can do to stop that from happening is fall in love with the process. And when we come to self-development and self-work and internal work, there's nothing but the process. There's no goal. It's just the process. Just keep showing up. Just keep showing up and doing the work. Keep asking why. Keep getting curious. 
keep digging that little bit deeper, peel the next layer of the never-ending onion away, <laughs> and you keep you just you just keep chipping away. And because yeah. there's no goal, there's no destination, there's no final point, it can be a really powerful way to start to build this style of thinking that is a lot more process-based as opposed to outcome-based. Yeah, and I I totally agree. And I think like it never ends until it ends. And I think that always keeps me quite grounded and like be present because like it do you want to be like 80, 90 years old and be like, oh my God, what what have I just done? <laughs> what have I been chasing? Yeah. Like oh, yeah. what, what have I been doing? <laughs> like I do think um like my grand does in a care home and when I go and see him, I think that's something that keeps me quite grounded is like being around older people. Cause you're like, God, you never had my fitness pal. <laughs> yeah. And you never had like, where did you get by in like life understanding stuff? And like you start questioning things and being like, right, I think I need to learn some lessons here from these guys. Um and just keep you very, very focused on like the now because we're so ahead of the game and we're not being intentional with what we're doing right now. We're not living like it right now. Um, and uh, I'm I'm a big, I do love like really practicing on being intentional with being present in this present moment. And it goes back to what you were saying about like, even like if you're eating out being intentional with that like that there is like a reason that you're wanting to meet up with that for that connection with that person that being present in that moment no doubt no like notifications on your phone no like anything like that it's just like live right now instead of chasing these things that are always going to be changed they're always going to change aren't they yeah and, and, and I think something that you mentioned there you know when we look at um actual going out and human connection we automatically assume like oh no phones like human connection and it's like we don't even allow space for like vulnerability at all there Mm. so it's like the only way we can be vulnerable and authentically connect with people is if we actually create space for that so if all we're ever doing is living in the past or the future which is you know reliving memories that have gone by that aren't now getting anxious about things of the future or chasing success or and you know this is this is the thing isn't it like we're chasing success for what yeah well happy happiness is what everyone says Mm. most successful people aren't happier so you might as well just be happy now yes because the thing that you're (laughs) trying to use to achieve the goal you can already have like the means that you're trying to achieve happiness through success, whatever that looks like for you in whatever field, whether that's diet or whatever. And this isn't to say we're anti-diet by any means, but if the way that you're trying to achieve happiness is with success and the success is taken away from your happiness because you can't be happy now because you're too worried about being successful, it's counterproductive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yes. I think, and like, do you feel that the all or nothing type of thinking is actually a way for people to have that control, like feel like they've got their shit together? Yeah, like it's the same. My fitness pal is a safety net for a lot of people. Yeah. They don't, they can't listen to their own bodies. They can't recognize their own hunger cues. They can't, they rely on a piece of technology to tell them they've outsourced all of their interoception everything that goes on inside their body to technology yeah and the same happens with this all or nothing style of thinking you know when you're in that nothing place you're comfortable you're safe in the short term Mm -hmm. you feel comfortable and safe going towards all is scary going towards starting to make a change is scary because it's uncertain you don't know if you're going to succeed you're worried that you might not great little prompt for you what would I be doing now if I couldn't fail that's something to explore in itself but that on its you know when you start working towards that all that's a bit scary then when you get into all it's now really scary to turn the intensity down because if you turn the intensity down you feel like that's it you're going to stop and you're going to lose all momentum and it's like what you said earlier it's all building trust 
is about building trust with yourself and having having proof and evidence that you can do hard things and that you can continue and that you can you know i I was just talking um about the dip like a period of time where it gets really hard and it sucks and it feels like you go nowhere that's a completely normal period of time but getting through that is what makes the difference between people who succeed and people who don't and then using that period of time the dip as an opportunity to actually thrive but again it all comes down to mindset like if you're not willing to embrace failure if you're not willing to see that as an opportunity to grow if you're not willing to start changing the way that you think or the beliefs that you hold or, or your thoughts or even working on your lens of perception yeah then you're going to keep hitting these same roadblocks and like we said there you know uncertainty or change or it's scary but it's happening you don't have a choice change is going to happen it's one of the things that's a constant of life change so you might as well get on board with it now and be embracing that change towards an inspiring life as opposed to be trying to run away from that change and driving yourself to one that you don't want to live yeah and and really right back at the beginning it's like when you do actually like embrace that like I always say like you should be really proud of yourself because of that like that is hard and you I think you said it is like we don't give ourselves much credit for that I don't think it's like to actively say I'm gonna do something new and I'm gonna probably be pretty shit at it for a while is actually like the bravest thing that you can do for yourself Um, and it's also the most rewarding thing you when you stick it out because you will always look back you'll like you'll feel that in several stages as well like there's always going to be stages you think, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, this is like crazy. I can't do this anymore. But then because you have started, you do have that evidence that you have started and you're still here. You're still doing the thing. It's just you're on a different level. It's a different day. It's a new yeah. chapter. It's whatever you want to call it. Um, I I love all that kind of stuff. I love all the mindset stuff it's just fascinating and it's like what you say it's like that spider's web there's always bits we're all built differently in our minds we've all come from different childhoods different conditioning different we're around different societal things and it's just like how do we like figure this out and like what would you recommend like actionable steps I mean I think we've already said like first of all and foremost and I 100% agree is awareness yeah building some sort of awareness so like awareness is the skill so like mindfulness is the tool that you're going to use to build that um that can look like anything for anyone something I get my clients to do I'm not sure if you've done the same um they're a little mindful raising meditation is great for around food that's a really powerful little one um, you can just google that Chris I want to say his name is um I think yeah made that meditation. yeah so he, he did a great meditation on that where you're just getting a little bit more mindful around food that's a great option um there's a lot of stuff from Chris Germer and Kristen Neff around like self-compassion because obviously mindfulness is a factor of that so it's the best even if, oh so good she's so even good just, even just stuff like mental noting like just giving yourself 10 minutes to sit down and this is something that I think not enough people do and it's just sitting yourself down give yourself 10 minutes set a little timer just nice steady breathing doesn't need to be anything special just nice steady breathing and just let yourself watch what happens just observe it what thoughts are you having what sensations can you feel in your body what's cropping up can you just make like a little mental note like and and I know it's really a strange concept for people because when we start, and I know from my own experience, you start thinking about something and you end up down a rabbit hole mm-hmm. and you're thinking about your best friend from 10 years ago and how you ate an apple together and you're like, how the hell has that just happened? <laughs> but just don't judge it. Just allow it to happen. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Just, oh, oh, that's interesting. Is a really nice way to start that process of, oh, that's interesting. I've just thought about my friend from 10 years ago oh, that's interesting. I've just thought about something that happened last week. 
oh, that's interesting. I've just had an idea for a new piece of content. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And it's just about making a note of these because as you're watching them, as they're coming up, and I, I'm working with a guy at the minute called Chris um, for Breathwork, and he had a great analogy for this. And it's like, you, it's you're like you're stood on the side of the road and there's cars passing by. And all of the cars are different thoughts, different feelings, different emotions, different sensations. You don't have to get in a single one of them, but you just have to watch them go by. And I was like, that's wow. really powerful. That's really like, good. We're not getting in the car. We're just watching it pass by. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. So like with those thoughts, just watch them crop up. And obviously when you first start this, you're going to start judging. Like, because that's oh. normal. That's what we do. But you've got to try and catch yourself judging them. Do you know what I mean? And 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 again, there's no perf- there's no perfection here. There's no right. There's no wrong. There's no good. There's no bad. There just is. And I think when we can start to let go of some of this idea that there's good and bad, right and wrong, and we can just accept because this is this is another huge branch of conversation around radical acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, Tara, I want to say her last name's Branch, but it oh. might be Brack. I can't remember. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because I've just looked up. I've got the yeah. I've got the book. (laughs) Yeah, even that is that is a whole like that's a full concept of just accepting what's happening right now, and again, all from mindfulness. Mm -hmm. So like these are all different little tools that you sort of start to build on, but you can only build on them when you've got that self awareness or an element of self awareness to start with, and you know just those little little activities and like again. Some, some sort of reflective writing practice like it's really powerful to get your thoughts down on paper and for a lot of people it's freeing because yes. there's a lot of these things that are going to come up that you can't tell anyone or you don't feel like you can tell anyone but you can write them down yeah and you get them out of your head and you just get them down on paper and just you can get these like waves of relief of like oh my god that felt like i've just taken off a weighted vest like, what is that? What is that feeling that's just happened there? And then you're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And it's just that relief of being able to let some of these emotions, some of these thoughts, get them out your head onto paper. And in our head, we're so illogical. Like, we tell ourselves stories all the time. Yeah. And, and then like, not great stories a lot of the time. No, not really, great really stories. No. Again, there's another, another little bias. We catastrophize. It's, we, we all catastrophize what is the worst of this situation it sort of fits in with the negativity bias a little bit uh, they come hand in hand but like we catastrophize so like your friend doesn't text you back oh my god my friend hates me they fell out with me they're never going to speak to me again what did i say reality, last time i saw them yeah like they've just been at work like just chill your boots but getting it down on paper allows us to explore these whereas in our head they're just like Mm, they're a bit all messy and i say it's like like the headphones like you know when you've got those old style head like not bluetooth headphones like wired headphones and you used to put them in your pocket all neatly folded up and they came out and they looked like they'd been through the wash and they're all tangled and mangled well that's like the thoughts in your head but when you put them down on paper it's like unpicking the knots it's like unpicking them and and guiding the loops through and sometimes you need to like loosen one knot off to be able to get you through well, that's what journaling allows you to do. That's what getting things down on paper. And like, of course, it's not for everyone. You know, there's one no one right approach for for everyone. But getting being able to write down on paper and using some prompts, whatever they look like, and a great one that you can do for that is what am I dwelling on right now that I need to let go of? Yeah. Just write that down, and then write underneath it. What are you dwelling on? What what have you been thinking about a lot lately? And it'll feel awkward at first, of course it will, because exactly like you said, like it's you're doing something new. Like we expect to do something new and, and be amazing at it. And the expectations that we hold of ourselves are often the thing that causes the most stress and resistance in our lives. So if we can just lower the bar a little bit, lower the metaphorical bar, lower the expectations of ourselves, then you can start to move into some of these practices that allow you to get even deeper and even more curious that then mean that on the other side of that, you can potentially move away from something like this all or nothing style of thinking. Exactly. And like the thing about journaling, like you say, it's not for everybody. Um, But I do think (laughs) working with some of the clients that I've worked with and uh, if you're listening, you know who I'm talking about. (laughs) uh, Like that kind of like, 
We're not asking you to write like a novel. It doesn't need to be a book. It doesn't need to be perfect. It doesn't need to be perfectly written. It doesn't need to be, doesn't even need to make sense, right? I remember once writing down, I do not want to journal today. (laughs) And that was it. I just put it down. And it made me like so much better because I was like, I was so resentful of it that day because I was so like I think I was really frustrated with myself for whatever I had done that I was just like I am so angry with myself that I don't even want to I don't even want to write about it today yeah and it's that it's that thing as well right it's like you know that that's going to be uncomfortable this is another thing like you know when you start writing that book something's going to come out that I don't really want to hear right now or I don't like and it's it's been able to embrace that a little bit and being like, right, this isn't going to be the most pleasant experience. However, the version of me tomorrow will thank me for me getting this out of my head tonight. So sometimes we've got to do things that are uncomfortable, that they aren't pleasant, that, you know, writing down something about how you're feeling that day or starting to explore some of these thoughts and beliefs can be really challenging. Yeah. And I think as well, if you've got that kind of uncomfy feeling in your tummy, I'm not talking like, you know, absolute pain, like, oh, my God, I definitely don't want to do this. This is going to be too traumatic. But just that little icky, like, oh, I don't really want to do this kind of feeling like like, you know, going to school the first day. You don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I've got to do it. I think that's when you need to do it. Like, yeah, lean into that uncomfy feeling because that's like your it's your body's way of like saying protecting you but it's also like you're kind of in this mind body like fight like I need to do this I don't really want to do this um and I do I like the analogy about the headphones I think that's pretty uh good because it is once you start writing it you're like Oh my God. And I think with regards to food, a lot of the clients I've worked with anyway have realized, come to this realization that it's not the food. Um, And that can be quite a breakthrough as well because you're just like, oh, okay. It's not the food. And it's like takes away that good and bad. And we start to realize things and unpack things. And it just feels you come through this light of realization this is the thing right it's very rarely the thing itself it's always the story that we tell ourselves about it yeah like food good bad that's what we tell ourselves about the food they're the beliefs and, and perceptions that we hold um exercise like certain things of exercise like when we see the transition between healthful striving and moving more towards disordered it's not the exercise that's the problem. It's the intention and the thoughts and beliefs behind the, the issue. And that all starts with us. And something you, you've said right throughout, which is this like this responsibility, this radical responsibility, take radical responsibility for your own life. It can sound really scary. And this mm-hmm. is, this, this all, again, this, this all or nothing thinking, radical responsibility is one of the, the key tools that are in the gap between like if you aren't willing to own your choices and the decisions that you've made, this doesn't mean it's your fault. There's a difference. It doesn't mean it's your fault, but it's your responsibility to choose how you react moving forwards and ideally how you respond moving forwards so that you're using that from that wise place of of some real, um, real well thought out, checking in with your values, checking in with what you need in that moment as well. And, you know, you've said right throughout this radical responsibility, and it, it shows up here too. Mm. It, it shows up right throughout. We need, we are the, I don't want to sound too cringy, but I can't remember where I heard this, but like you, you are the agent of change. Mm. Like it's you. Like we need to move away from this everything's happening to me to this is happening for me. And that's a really powerful switch that these things that are happening, they, they might not be our fault. But if we can take ownership of that and then move through that and say, like, this is me, I am making this decision. Again, this is where acceptance comes in, taking stock of the situation. What's the, what's actually going on right now? So, like, for anyone listening that's thinking, like, all oh, right, actually, I, I want to I make a change here. 
what is the situation right now, all of the quote-unquote good and all of the quote-unquote bad, write them down, everything. Get them down on paper in two columns and then have a third column for neutral stuff that doesn't really matter. What is everything that's going on right now? Just own it all. Because when you've got all of that information, you've got clarity. You know what's not working. You know what's working. But it's so often that we just just like turn a blind eye to a lot of these things and we're like well i just don't really want to admit that that's happening right now or i don't want to accept that that's happening or i'm going to try and turn away from it and with that in mind it makes it so much harder to have a clear path forward because you you, you don't have a clear picture of where you are now you know we always say we always say like oh where do you want to get to what's the destination but it doesn't matter what the destination is because if you don't know where you're starting from, you don't know how to build the road there. So taking stock of where you are now is so important for that reason. You know, like if if we're both traveling to Berlin, I don't know where Berlin. Oh, nice. I like Berlin. I yeah, like Berlin. I've never been. I've, I've never been, been but let's say we're going to Berlin. I'll meet you there. If we're going to we're going to Berlin, the destination for this is for both of us is Berlin, but the path that we take there is different because we're starting in different places. So where are you now? Take stock of your current situation. Where is your starting destination? And then you can start to worry about how you're going to get to the end one. We always think about the end. Oh, this is where I want to get to. And we just start going towards it. But we never take stock of where we are. And that could be a, a really great place. Yeah, we're not present. Exactly not that. Present. Exactly. I think we'll probably stop there because I feel... I know, actually, for a fact that we could probably talk about this topic for hours because awesome. it is such a big thing. And I think if you're listening to this and you're thinking and you're nodding and you're like, oh, my God, that's me. Like, I think we can probably both agree that it's like very, very common. You're definitely oh, not alone. Nope. You're definitely not alone. Uh we've both felt like this we've both like you know geez yes I could probably write a book about it um like it is it is part and parcel of the process is unpacking all of this stuff so yeah definitely know you're not alone so thank you so much for giving up your time and oh it was great um, and of course, thank you to our lovely listeners for taking the time to listen to this. I really do hope that you have taken something, just anything, even the smallest little thing in some way that it can help you. Um, and feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, Coached by Claire Official, or my website, www.coachedbyclaire.uk. You can also catch uh, Sue on Instagram at sue.graham.s225. I'll also yes. put that in the uh, show notes as well, so you'll definitely get that. And I look forward to meeting you again on the next episode.